Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is the Sikkim Podcast, powered by Rogue Media Network. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Brooke Bednars and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Everybody and welcome to this week's Sikkim Podcast, presented by Rogue Media Network, a presentation of Baylor Athletics. John Morris, Brooke Bednarz, and Brooke, uh, we have covered, I think, every sport at Baylor, right? I Over would say so, Over the course of yes. our podcast. We're going to branch out even further this year with a shout-out to acrobatics and tumbling. How about we talk some MMA today? <laughs> I mean. How about that? And UFC. Right. If you would have ever said to me, Brooke, you're going to have a UFC <laughs> fighter on your show, I'd be like, how did that happen? <laughs> and right. the story of how it happened with that shout-out to A&T is quite, quite amazing. So. That's very much looking forward to this one. Very much so. And we are pleased and honored to have with us former Baylor acrobatics and tumbling All-American, now UFC fighter, Haley Cowan. Haley, welcome to you. Thank you so much for having me. I've been listening to you since I was a little kid, so oh, it's pretty cool to be thanks here. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> that is nice. I don't even take offense to that. <laughs> being a little kid, so that's really cool because you grew up in Waco, Midway High School grad, Baylor University, A&T, and, yep. and still here in Central Texas. Yeah, the town just can't get rid of me. That's good. Well, you well we're now very proud to have you be from here. <laughs> hey, she's got a billboard on I-35. Yeah, she does. I think there's that? another one. One, too, they said. I don't know where it is. But oh, really? I think two billboards. Two billboards. <laughs> Way to go. Made well, it. <laughs> Made it, Mom. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations on your success. Uh, most recently, that win in uh, uh, in Vegas. Yes. Right? Which yeah, is the a huge Dana win. White's Contender yes. Series. That's yeah. it, yeah. Which got you a UFC Can you uh, tell contract? me don't talk? About UFC very often. <laughs> Most people don't. Y'all are doing great because usually I'm with people who think they, they've been in like a fight when they were a kid, you know, in the schoolyard. And so they think they understand MMA. So it's nice to be around people who are like, hey, I don't really know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You are very much the expert here. And we are very yes. excited to ask you questions. And but. we're complete, yeah, complete novices. I love it. But you are our source. So yes. any Perfect. questions we have, we're going to just turn that over to you. Sounds good to me. And and you look great also, and uh, which is nice because you've got some <laughs> Wedding pictures coming up. Oh, you're getting married this Saturday. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, I was telling you all earlier, you know, that they were like, wow, your defense was so good this fight. And I was like, well, I kind of didn't really have an option. Like, defense had to be on point. So, <laughs> thank goodness I didn't come out with any scratches or, uh, or cuts face. or bruises. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> your your opponent can't say that. No. no. She's Let's, okay, though. She's yeah. good. She's good. I've yeah. been checking on her, talking to her every day. That's trying awesome. to speak. I actually took two years of Portuguese in college, and she's Brazilian. And I thought that I was nailing these conversations. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go put what I've said in Portuguese into Google Translate and see what happens. Was not nailing the conversations, <laughs> but was getting the point across. Yeah. I was like, good she's Lord, just kind of smiling at you, like, yeah, okay. She's like, oh, she's trying. <laughs> 
Your fiance, soon to be husband, is uh, Jake Brennan, who happens to be your trainer and your coach. Uh, tell us about that. Tell us, uh, it's a great story how y'all met and got together. Yeah, you know, um, so I graduated from Baylor 2014, had a pretty nasty shoulder injury my senior year, and I was an athlete my entire life, and it was just like, that was not how I imagined that my athletic career would end. So I was kind of looking for something, you know, to fill that void, and I had always loved MMA, and I was talking to my dad, and he was like, well, you know what? I mean, if you're going to – you should go do some jujitsu tournaments. You should go uh, find a jujitsu gym, which is uh, one of the – there's like four major components of MMA, and that's one of the major ones. When you, when you see people rolling around on the ground, that's jujitsu. And so uh, I, I kind of just walked into the gym, found the right gym, uh, jumped in head first, called Monday. That was on a Thursday. Called Monday, quit my job, and started training full-time. Wow. Wow. And Jake was there. <laughs> and Jake was the coach. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time with him. You know, every day we were, I was, I was training because I, I was 20, I was almost, almost 23. So I had some ground, you know, these people that I was about to compete against have been training since they were, could, could walk. Yeah. So I, I felt like, you know, I had some ground to make up. So I was constantly in the gym, constantly training. I got a job at Gold's cause I could work overnight and, and then train all day. So it was like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I was a busy, Did I was you a busy girl. sleep. <laughs> yeah, I slept. So I, I became a personal trainer. Um, I would wake up in the morning. I had my first client at four thirty a.m., which usually they wouldn't let clients come until five, but they, they let me come in a little early. Four thirty a.m. to ten thirty. Got to the gym at eleven. Trained at their daytime classes from like eleven to one. Back to the gym, one thirty. You know, training clients from one thirty to five. Back to MMA training from 5.30 to 8.30, <laughs> and then I'd have one more client until 10.30. So oh I was getting to gosh. sleep from, like, maybe midnight to 3.30. Good and I did grief. that for about a year. <laughs> uh, that's wow. heavy-duty training. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> you were making up for that lost time, right? right. Well, I was trying like – was, yeah, I was I was definitely trying to make up for lost time, and I was, re I was really enjoying it. And Gold was cool, too, because when, whenever I'd have, you know, an hour between clients, I'd get to do my strength and conditioning training, which is also a big part of MMA. So – it was like everything was falling together. I was, I mean, it was a struggle, but you know, d does success really feel like success if you're not, if you're not struggling? So I feel like I was just paying my dues, never really complained, just, just did it, and and was excited, you know, for a time where I didn't have to do that anymore. Mm. So, well, I think you found that time. Yeah. Well, Maybe. Yeah. We're, we're still working <laughs> to it, you know. But yeah, Maybe we're, you we're sleep a little it. bit more. Nice yeah, these days. I've checked one of the boxes. You know, I've got a bunch of boxes that I've got to check, and I've, I've checked probably the biggest one I've checked so far. So yeah, <laughs> big time. So your background, uh, Midway High School, mm -hmm. competitive cheer, what else, gymnastics? Gymnast what yeah, else? so I started in gymnastics, uh, quit gymnastics in like when I was about 15 or 16, and then transitioned to cheer just because it made okay. sense. Right. Uh, didn't really, you know, Acro wasn't a thing yet. I was on the, I was on the inaugural team. I, mm -hmm. I believe I signed the first scholarship, maybe the second. So when they came in and were looking at me, I didn't know what was going on. I was yeah. just like, oh, cool, some people from Baylor are here. <laughs> She didn't, the coach really didn't know either yet. Yeah. You know, the sport was still in its infancy. So, uh, when I signed the contract, all I knew was I was going to get to be a Baylor athlete yeah. or the con, I guess the contract, the, the scholarship. I didn't know what I was getting <laughs> myself into until the first meet really. None of us did. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. it was wild. It was new. I mean, it was brand new. Uh, you were here the first year mm -hmm. of the sport and y'all were all, I guess, kind of learning together, weren't you? About we, well, and it was such a weird combination of athletes because when you have gymnasts and cheerleaders, there's two totally different mindsets, uh, two totally different backgrounds. Gymnasts are gym rats, you know, that were born in the yeah. gym, spending, you know, 25, 30 hours a week in the gym and competing on the weekends, cheerleading, you know, you, you practice a couple hours a day. So it was two totally different 
groups of people. Groups of people yeah. with two totally different mindsets. And I don't know how we didn't kill each other, <laughs> but we didn't. And then, you know, it, it, it almost worked out better that way because it was able to bring, you know, we were able to bring different things to the table. So, so I am interested to see if, as someone who is the very first here at Baylor to see all that A&T here at Baylor has become and all the national championships and all the new crazy stunts that they're pulling. Yeah, they started winning when I graduated. <laughs> so I was like, mm. <laughs> But what are your thoughts on the fact that you p- truly, I mean, pioneered this sport that's become what it has been? It's like one of my favorite things to tell people is that, you know, I was a, and honestly, I'm a pioneer in MMA now too. Women's yeah. MMA is still brand new. So it's like, there was a group, probably I would say two groups or generations before me in, in women's MMA, but we're still at the very beginning of it too. So being able to kind of maneuver it in acro and now I'm able to maneuver, you know, my way through another sport in, in its infancy is pretty cool. Maybe I'll just keep, you know, making Pioneering up new sports. New sports yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just keep talking to us through it all, <laughs> right. you know. You got to be proud of that though. I am, man. It was fun. and uh, It was hard in acro. It was really hard because our coaches were learning too. We were... I got beat up in acro. I broke my nose twice in acro. I got beat up more in acro than I do in MMA. <laughs> Everyone's like, how does getting hit? I'm like, I've been getting hit since I was 18 years old. <laughs> yeah. It's just these I'm expecting coming in right. acro. I'm next thing I know I'm laying out on the floor. <laughs> but uh, that was the, the hardest part was, you know, because we were creating new skills. And so we were, I mean, our safety, it was, they're much safer now because we we didn't know what we were doing. Right. They've got the, they've got a bunch of new equipment that they can use now and, I don't know. It's it's cool to see. It's fun to watch because I'll see them do skills at meets and be like, I was the first one to compete that. Yeah. yeah. So nice. it's pretty cool. Or hey, I remember lear- I remember creating that. You yeah. know, that was a, a disaster when we were trying to figure it yeah. out. So it's pretty cool to see. That is neat. Well, I am interested to hear uh, what your trainer fiance said to you. The first reaction he had when you walked into this gym as a gymnastics cheerleader acro background experience and then you're like so I want to do this thing called MMA (laughs) so when I walked in I actually I went in with my dad who's like huge he's like 6'3 240 pounds played college football phenomenal athlete um but we when we walked in you know it was still at that point in MMA where I always say I don't want it to sound like I'm being condescending but the women at that point were very skilled they weren't very athletic yet so they were masters of Karate, masters of wrestling, jujitsu, kickboxing, but none of them were very, there were a couple that were good athletes. So when I came in with the gymnastics background and I looked like an athlete, I think he got really excited mm-hmm. because it was like, oh, what can we do with this one? Yeah. Like, because uh, there was no romantic involvement yet. So it was just kind of like, here is a, like a blank canvas and I get to build this athlete. Yeah. And so I walked in, and I'm real long for my weight class. And in my head, I'm like, oh, they're going to make me the striker. I'm going to go in. I'm going to knock everybody out. And the first thing he says to me is he goes, we're going to make you a wrestler. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> what? Okay, coach, whatever you yeah. say. Like, you're the boss. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, he was right. <laughs> my last fight, I striked a lot. But I also fought a girl who was a phenomenal wrestler. So I try to neutralize everybody. And so that's kind of what we created. But it was it, it was pretty cool because when I left to the gym – the first time I went there, I got a message from him, and he was like, do you want to be a world champion? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> God, that's what and, I walked in there for. Yeah, and he's like, well, well, let's become a world champ. We're on our way. I actually won my first championship, my, my first belt, my second fight ever as an amateur. 
So that was cool, but wow. not the belt I was looking. Because to me, there's one belt and it says UFC on it. And all the other ones are like, oh, that's cool. You want a belt, but that the best of the – it's, you know, it's like – being in the MLB versus being in the minor leagues, yeah. you yeah. know, and so now I'm not in the minor leagues anymore, and so now I'm looking at that, that big gold belt, and and the girl that that has it right now, I've been watching her since I was, since I was in college, so it's pretty cool to, to see it's, you know, it's it's just so close. I'm just a, you know, I'm a, f- a few contracts away, probably six or seven fights away from getting that. So who is that? What's her name? Amanda Nunes. Okay. She's a champ, champs, which means she's a champion of two weight classes, oh, which wow. is. Really hard to do, yeah. So somewhere in the future, maybe in the near future, we could see you and her together. I would love that more than anything. I have a feeling she's gonna retire within the next year or two. Oh, she's gotcha. already done everything. It's like at this, she's already beat everyone in the division. I'm new. There's a bunch of new girls that are yeah. really good, but when you're at the top, you you, you know you don't really see that yet. Yeah, sure. I gotta go in and, and earn my way up there. So right. I imagine she'll retire before. I hope not because there's a bunch of legends that are still in my division right now that are like on their way out. And I'm like, oh man, I want to fight all of them, <laughs> just be, not not because I want to hurt these girls, but because right. I just want to have the opportunity to to share the cage with these these women who've pioneered this sport. It's <laughs> That's it's right. it's a cool, <laughs> it's cool. That's great. <laughs> well, I was going through, you know, of course, doing my research, looking at Instagram, and um, what kind of shocked me is if someone, which we've already admitted, I am not a UFC um, expert by any means. But yet. Uh, you're not yet. a UFC expert yet. Ah, there yet. you go. Nice. <laughs> Very true. Um, <laughs> you got to start somewhere, you know. And this is me walking in the gym. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, it was really neat to see your perspective, which I'm not sure. And I would love for you to kind of dive deeper into because I, if people haven't read your captions. Uh, but it was, you know, thanking the fighter that you just went up against and your competitor of thank you for beautiful violence. And uh, there's a lot of people who see UFC and they're like, I don't get it. They're fighting. They're hitting <laughs> each other. But for you to, to call it that, you know, the two polar opposite words, beautiful violence, and then talk about how neat it is to be staring at an opponent who you know has, like, analyzed your every move to try to take you down. I, that that just struck me, and I really am interested to hear your perspective on that because that's as a f- fan and someone watching it, maybe they don't they don't yeah you know picture that or think that way. I always say that in MMA there are martial artists and there are fighters, and I consider myself a martial artist. Um, I never want to hurt. My first fight, you know, my parents were like, "Is she going to be able to do this?" Because I was apologizing to my opponent every time I touched her. Mm. <laughs> and then the, she would land a fight. I mean, she would land a good strike, and I'd like give her a thumbs up. And my coach is like, "You need to focus." And I was like, "No, I am focused." Like, and um, I choked. You know, in, in 2019, I had a really, really, uh, I hurt the girl that I was fighting pretty badly. And uh, you know, after I I choked her, and she she was unconscious, and I was like laying there, like yelling for the doctor to hurry up and come. You know, just because, you, you know that. You know, this dream is a weird one, and there aren't very many people that have it, and you know that they're putting in the same kind of work you are. So there's a mutual – or there should be a mutual respect. I've fought a couple girls that are more fighters than yeah. martial artists. But, um, no, I feel like, you know, it takes two to tango. So people who don't thank their opponents, it's like, without your opponent, you know, what are you going to do? Get in there and shadow box for yeah. 15 minutes? Nobody yeah. wants to see that. Like, yeah, and, and it's more of a chess match for me. Like, I, I enjoy it so much. There's such a raw honesty when you're standing in the cage and you're looking at somebody – who has, like you said, studied your 
your, you know, your strengths and your weaknesses, thinks that they know the answer and you feel the same way. It's such a cool feeling and, and you're about to find out who prepared better. Wow. And so, yeah, there's, there's, oh, it's a different kind of nerves. It's a different kind of, I don't know, but I tell everyone, you know, after the first minute or so after the first exchange, you usually know how the fight's going to go. Yeah. You can usually have a pretty good idea. You know, if I stay focused and don't just get, you know, clipped with something that I didn't see coming. Usually after that first 60 seconds, you have an idea about wow. how the fight's going to go. Huh. Yeah. How how tough-minded are you? I mean, you've got to be. <laughs> She's got to be. I know, exactly. I mean, just to have the mindset to do this, but then tough-minded stepping into the ring. Yeah, you know, I, I actually, I'm very physical, and everyone always wants to talk about that because of my gymnastics background, but I take way more pride in my mental toughness. Yeah. Um, as a gymnast, I was extremely mentally weak, which I don't know why. I, I just Maybe I was in the wrong place. I don't know. Um, I was scared of everything. And I actually got in a car accident in 20, 2007. So I was 15 right before my 16th birthday. And it's like my entire personality changed. Mm. When I was at Baylor, no nerves, mm. all business. Uh, I mean, like I was like the clutch athlete. Like if you needed to throw somebody in and you knew that they were going to hit it, that you threw me in like – Maybe I wasn't going to score a 10 every time, but I was going to score a 9.8 or a 9.9, and you knew what you were going to get out of me. Wow. And that's how it is with um, with MMA, too. You know, you have these fighters that they call uh, gym he gym heroes, and they look great in the gym, and then you throw them in the cage, and it's like, what happened? <laughs> they freeze. They go crazy. They forget all their training. And then you've got the ones that look horrible in the gym, and they get in the cage, and they just look like these masters of the art. But me, you know exactly what you're going to get. Whatever I look like in the gym, I'm going to look like that in the cage. So I feel like uh, that's one thing. that, And I take my mental uh, my mental approach to the sport just as seriously as I take my physical approach. I've, I see a mental coach. I'm usually on point. You know, Usually mental coaches are seeing people who are having issues. I see it as a preventative measure. I'm usually on point. He just kind of gives me some trigger words. Because my issue isn't fear ever. It's uh, like I'm super ADD. And so I'll notice people and like, I'll be fighting and I'll be like, oh, my mom's over there. <laughs> and so he gives me like trigger words. Hey, like, you know, you had to pull yourself back into the, yeah. the zone. And so, so yeah, you know, it's, it takes, and, and a lot of fighters are really mental. It's huh. wild how mental they are, like mentally weak. Huh. Um, and so I see that and I'm like, I don't want that. And that can happen in a second. You know, some, you can get knocked out and then it just changes your entire mindset. So I do try to keep up with my, my mental coach just in case, you know, keep me on track just in case something happens, I'm prepared for it. So if that makes sense. Oh, know. yeah. yeah. Oh, it definitely so. makes yeah. sense. <laughs> one of your strengths, you can yeah, tell. for sure. So you train. Let's give a shout-out to Blitz Sport MMA and Fitness yes. in Robinson. That's your uh, that's your home base, That right? is my home base. That, and then everyone's like, oh, are you going to move now? I'm like, no, you know, nice. I'm not going to move. We want you to stay here. Yeah, I'm going to be here. Billboards popping up. <laughs> I got to stay here now. There's a, there's a billboard. <laughs> now, am I, right? am I right? Most of your training is against guys? Yeah, I train with right? guys. We've got one girl here that I train with. She's in a smaller weight class than me, but most of my training is uh, with guys. I'll go, you know, if I know I have a fight scheduled, um, I'll look around at other camps that are uh, elevation in Colorado or uh, extreme in Las Vegas. And I'll go and I'll, if, if they have a girl there that is similar to the girl that I'm fighting in height, style, mm -hmm. uh, whatever I'm looking for in, in that particular camp, I'll go out and I'll, I'll train there for camp. Because the timing with guys and girls, it's so different. It's almost a different sport. So, like, if I just train with guys the entire time, which is what I did all pretty much my entire career up until 2022, you get in the cage and your timing is off. Guys are faster. They're stronger. They clock. They hit you with something that will really hurt you. So what I noticed was happening is in fights, I was uh, too aware of getting hit. With guys, I have to be really careful. Mm -hmm. And so with the girls, you know, I was so focused on my defense that I wasn't putting forth 
forth enough offense. So when I started training with girls, I was like, okay, you, you learn what shots you can take and what shots you can't. And so it, it allowed me to kind of be a little bit more free. So I need to do it, but I just don't have any girls around here. Yeah. But it's fine. The guys make me a little tougher anyways. Wow. <laughs> well, we have A&T athletes who graduate every I've year. I've tried you know? <laughs> every year. I've tried. So I'm you like, need you to keep recruiting. Recruit. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried, man. And a lot of them actually work for my mom. The mom owns Zero Gravity and a lot of the – the A and T girls work for my mom, and they'll come over and watch. And I'm like, eh, eh next year, <laughs> look good, right? You want to do this? And they're, they're like, like have nope. you seen what you do? Right. <laughs> so a UFC fight is coming up. You don't know exactly when. What's the What's the timetable? The goal. How, so how's that determined? Yeah, most people don't realize they're like, oh, what's your fight schedule? We well, you don't really have a fight schedule because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, I could get in a fight. I could go and, and what happened in my last fight? And no, you know, no bruises, no nothing. And they could call me in two weeks and be like, hey. A fight fell through on our next card. You want to step in? Gotcha. Sure. Or you could get in a fight and you'd have a barn burner and, you know, break your shin in half and be out for a year and a half. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. So they don't schedule us out in advance. Um, usually they try to give us, you know, six to 12 weeks to get ready for an opponent. But there are those weird times when you got two people that are getting ready for a fight and someone gets hurt two weeks before. And then you'll they'll call you to step in. They'll know you're on you're close to weight or whatever. My, I want to f- – you know, a, a good year for me, like an ideal year, would be three to four fights a year. I would fight five or six times. <laughs> Jake would have a heart attack. But um, so I'm hoping before Especially the end of the year. Especially as a newlywed. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping before the end of the year. And this is my first contract. And when you fight, it's similar to you know football. Your contracts get better every contract. And so I really want to get through this contract so I can see what we can negotiate for my next one. So yeah. I've got three fights on it. I believe it's three. So uh, we'll you know we'll see. I'm hoping for. December would be money, but I don't really get to decide that. (laughs) Well, walk us through, let's say, hypothetical, it's happening in December. With something like that, you know, we're about to basically, we're in Mm -hmm. September. So, um, what does that look like? Like, when, how, if hypothetically it's in December, when do you find out your opponent? What does your training schedule look like? And how is that tailored more toward a specific fight versus you're just everyday yeah. maintaining training. So a lot of fighters, what they'll do is they'll have a fight camp and then they'll take time off. Well, I don't do that. So I always say I do 52 week fight camps. I'm like, I'm in ready to go all year long. And, um, Shocking. again, <laughs> right. again, I do that because I still feel like I'm having to make up, you know, I'm still fighting girls who've been doing this for 20 years. So I'm, I still feel like I'm having to, to play catch up and like, I'm still learning. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think. So for me, I like eight weeks. That's like money for me. A lot of fighters that don't do 52-week fight camps, uh, like 12 or, or, or even 13 or 14, that's too much for me. Um, six is even good. So I like to know my my opponent between six and eight weeks out. Um, and then I get into what we call fight camp, which is dissecting the opponent and creating the game plan and perfecting it. Um, and, and a lot of fighters are, th- they'll, you know, they'll they'll plan for the bet, you know, they they their plan is based on what they do only in in you know good circumstances. And what we do for me is because I like to mentally prepare. We put me in every bad situation that you can imagine, and I have to fight my way out of it. So in my last fight, I don't know if y'all watched it, round two, I was put in a pretty yep. bad position. Yeah, I was yeah. um, in a we call it a head and arm choke, and um, but it was. I was so, everyone's like, you're so calm. And I was like, I've been there a million times. <laughs> All these other fighters, you know, they practice. This is what I'm good at. Here's my one-two head kick or whatever their specialty is. And I practice that too, but I also practice, hey, this is what 
this opponent's good at. So let's get you in that position over and over and over and over. And, you know, and when you're exhausted, when you're fresh, that's that way if it happens in a fight, we don't panic. It's like, hey, we've been here. We expected to be here. You know what to do. If you don't get there, great. But if you do, no, no big deal. Yeah. So it's not over there. Right. So my eight weeks are much more brutal than most people's. Um, I get very zoned in. I have to focus on not hurting my training partner because it's so hard because you practice these, you know, these like deadly movements and it's like it becomes muscle memory. And so yeah. you're like, okay, they're going to shoot in and you're ready to throw it because, you know, you know, I visualize this, this is what's going to happen in a fight. So you have to make sure, you know, when you're throwing it with your with your teammates, you're like, okay, only throw it on 50%. But everything ha still is happening really fast because it's happening at a live speed. So you're like, okay, don't hurt them. But it's, it's, it's hard. It's really hard because especially I'm, a, I'm in a small team. We can't hurt each other. There's not a lot of bodies. And yeah. we do know that our body, you know, we're sacrificing a lot when we have friends that have fights coming up. We know, hey, you might get cut this camp. You might get a broken nose. You might get a concussion. Like we sacrifice our bodies for each other too. So it's, it's a, it's a fight camp is a game of inches and we're trying not to hurt each other while trying to implement movements that are going to hurt somebody else. It's very yeah. hard. It's very difficult, but it's fun. It's so much fun. Are you interested in true crime, funny one-star reviews, or inspiring stories? What about the history of Waco or the famous people who have lived and worked here? All these and more are produced by Rogue Media Network. There are over 80 different shows, including this one, with more coming all the time. If there's a story to tell, Rogue Media Network is telling it. Watch on YouTube or listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Sikkim Podcast, uh, presented by Rogue Media Network. John Morris, Brooke Bednars, Haley Cowan, our guest on Twitter, at Haley underscore Bree, B-R-E. Website is allhailhaleycowan.com. Lots of good information there. You're uh, you're known as uh, you're all hail, right, in the MMA world. Right. My coach <laughs> gave me that literally the, the moment I walked in the gym. He found out my name. He was like, all hail. And I was wow. like, I kind of like that. Everyone <laughs> was like, oh, hailstorm. I'm like, there's like 40 hail hailstorms out there. <laughs> so, no, yeah. I love it. I think Triple B's Smokehouse mm -hmm. even had you. You were signing autographs, had a big welcome home party. And they I think a, they had a drink. They had a watch party. Yeah, they named an all hail drink after me. Nice. Lime green. Everyone's like, my uh, fighting style is everyone knows it as Hulk smash just because I – I have really sharp elbows. I smash people against the cage, and I end up cutting like everyone that <laughs> I fight. So they call me Hulk Smash, and so they made a lime drink, a lime green drink. And they call it the It's pretty cool. I love it. That's fantastic. I want to take you back to Baylor. Your time here, uh, obviously, your experience here was a good one for you. You wanted to come. You wanted to come to Baylor, right? Oh yeah. And A and T was the the path, the avenue to uh, to get your education. But uh, what was your overall Baylor experience like for you? I always say the best thing that I've ever done was sign that con that uh, uh, scholarship to, to come to Baylor. Uh, my grandpa, my dad's dad, went to Baylor. Um, and, and I'm from Waco, so Baylor's like, I just wanted to go here. And I didn't know if it was, you know, they didn't have any sports that I played. They didn't have gymnastics. They had track. I, I could run. I ran track in high school, but not on not on that level. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, you know, when, when they added acro, I was like, oh, this is in the cards for me. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. perfect. Yeah. And I had a great experience. Again, my experience, my experience was probably a lot different than most athletes because we were building a sport. We were creating a sport. Um, but it was so much fun. And I'm glad I got to, to be part of that. We didn't win any championships while I was here. 
just every other one after. <laughs> but well, y- y'all had some success, though. I mean, oh, yeah. NCATA uh, semifinals, I think, yeah, three yeah. years, three yeah. of your four years here. We had a lot of success, and, and we were competing against Coach Fee, who created the sport, right. and he's a phenomenal coach. And uh, I, I, I really wish that I had at least one year where I could have learned from her. Right. Even if we – we would have won. But even if we, <laughs> we hadn't won, it would have been so cool to just be a student of hers. Uh, luckily, I, I'm pretty close to her now, so I'm getting to experience that in a different way. But I would have loved to have had her as a coach. Yeah. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. I got to learn a lot. I got to learn my, you know, how to m- maneuver. Again, we talked about the cheerleaders and the gymnasts. I got to learn how to to deal with different types of people, which is pretty important in life. So, do you fun. think? Do I mean, when people just look at the two sports, they're very different. But you kind of explained how you see MMA and UFC in a different light mm-hmm. than maybe the typical person who watches. So do you see any parallels from your acrobats and tumbling days and into what you do now? If you ask any MMA coach what's the best background to come in to mixed martial arts that isn't an MMA discipline, so not boxing, not wrestling, not jujitsu, they'll say gymnastics. So it was, I mean, we have... More so than we're very physical. We're very physically strong. Pound for pound, I don't care what anybody says. Gymnasts are the strongest, the physically strongest athletes. Uh, but we come in with an understanding of discipline and an understanding of what it takes to be great at what you're doing. And a lot of MMA fighters don't get that because in other sports, in baseball and football and gymnastics, there's levels. There's, you know, you start when you're a kid at the club level. Then you do high school. Then maybe you do all-stars in high school. Then you go to college if you're good enough. And then from college – you hopefully turn pro. In MMA, there's not that. There's there aren't those levels. There's no club MMA. There's no Olympics in MMA. There's no college. So, a lot of these people are thrown as thrown in as a professional athlete, and they don't know what it takes to to, to be that. a professional sure. athlete. Yeah. And so I came in already understanding, have a ve- you know I had a very good understanding of what it takes to be an elite athlete. And a lot of my teammates are still learning that, but hopefully I can be you know the Oh, the the bar maybe you know okay well she did you know she did division one sports so this is how she trains so maybe we should be training like that and and I even see the, the people at the very very top in the UFC some of the girls that I've trained with they don't even get it mm. I'm like you realize how good you would be mm. if you would train but you're like don't you're do that yet <laughs> <laughs> no I want the I always tell everybody I want the best at their best yeah because I do see it as a sport and yeah. I'm always you know I do MMA to test myself I want to see how good I can be and I, I don't want to fight anyone. If they're injured, I don't want to fight anyone who's not yeah. 100% because I, w- I want to be able to say, well, I beat them at, you know, at, at their, their best. best. Yeah, so. And you said something interesting, and I have no hesitation in saying here at Baylor, our acrobatics and tumbling student athletes, pound for pound, oh, are definitely. the best oh, athletes. Yeah, they really absolutely. Are. They, they really absolutely are. are. Yeah. They have to do everything. You know, they're not they're not just running. They're not just jumping. You know, they're, they're literally any physical – Movement, or they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Explosiveness, strength, speed, agility. I mean, they literally embody what it is to be an athlete. Yeah. So, And that's helped me so much. Like, the first time uh, we were – I was at a jiu-jitsu tournament, and a girl did a judo throw, tried to throw me, and I landed on my feet. Ah. And everyone's <laughs> like, what? And I was like, I, I know where I that? am in the air. <laughs> like, I was like, why, why can't you all do that? Like, so it, it's given me – like, I understand – and my understanding of the space around me, like people, you know, we have a big cage and you run into the cage and I'm always very aware of where everything is. And it's just because I've been upside down my entire sure, life. So I just yeah. understand, you know, my body versus 
the environment around me. And it's, again, like I said, the best. I think acro, I'm obviously biased, but I think acro or gymnastics is the best background for anything. <laughs> there you go. But it's That's definitely good. a good one for what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, it's great to have you here. We're very excited for you. We love that you're you're proud of your Baylor background, oh, you yeah. know, and your Waco Central <laughs> Texas background. That's great. And wish you nothing but the best. Can't wait till we see uh, what's next in the yeah. UFC. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being with us. And uh, enjoy your wedding this <laughs> yes, Saturday. Yes, congrats. Congratulations on that. That'll Tell Jake we said congratulations. I will. Yeah. I will. Big I will. life changes for you lately. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> Well, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. Haley Cowan, our guest on the Sikkim Podcast, presented by Rogue Media Network. Hey, let me remind you, uh, I've had the privilege of calling games, telling stories about Baylor athletics and Baylor athletes, student athletes like Haley Cowan for a long time. Storytelling is an art, and there's a network in town doing just that. Rogue Media Network has produced over 80 original podcasts and shows ranging from comedy, true crime, business, and now sports. If there's a story to tell, Rogue Media Network is telling it. You can find this podcast and all the other great Rogue Media Network shows on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thanks to our partners at Rogue Media Network. For Brooke Bednars, for uh, Haley Cowan, I'm John Morris. That's this week's Sikkim Podcast. You've been listening to the Sikkim Podcast, powered by Rogue Media Network. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. This has been a Rogue Media Network production. Ah!